The sermon preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, a member of the Wells, on May 24, 2015, based on Ezekiel 37, verses 1 through 14. The first lesson is from Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 through 14. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, breath, from the four winds, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you, and you will live, and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. This is the word of our Lord. Please remain seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God through which the Holy Spirit draws us closer to our Savior Jesus Christ is the first lesson you heard read earlier, Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 through 14. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. What's the greatest miracle that has happened in your life? Some might point to recovery from an illness 
or to a surviving some sort of mind-numbing tragedy. Others might point to their success or their loving family as a wonderful miracle from God. Still others might say it's some extraordinary feat or some unusual, remarkable chain of events that brought good fortune. The greatest miracle in my life, though, is this, that I believe in Jesus Christ. We say those words so often, I believe. After the sermon, we'll say them three times in the Apostles' Creed. How easy to forget what a miracle it is. Yes, what a miracle that I, who began life as dead, dry, lifeless bones, what a miracle that I was born, that I who was born into this world dead in sin, can say, I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, my Lord. That's the miracle. The Holy Spirit worked in my heart. He worked it through the Word of God. The Word of God connected with the water of baptism. And not only did the Word of God, the Word of the Lord, bring me spiritual life, it also keeps me alive. Yes, the Word of the Lord brought life to my dead soul. And it keeps me alive. Just as it does for you as well, dear friends. The Lord's Word raises up dry bones. That's the theme we want to focus here on this morning. The word of the Lord raises up dry bones. For you see, his word brings the life-giving spirit, the Holy Spirit. That's the first part. And the second part, his word raises a vast army. Now, to begin with, picture that valley that the Lord showed Ezekiel, that dead valley. And the Lord just didn't give Ezekiel a quick glance. No, he took Ezekiel back and forth all around the body, all around the valley. And everywhere that Ezekiel looked, he saw the same thing. Bones. Many, many bones. Very dry bones, long dead. Those words bring to our mind what the Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 2. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. Yes, dead in sin. As dead as dried up bones scattered around a valley. Son of man, the Lord God said, Son of man, can these bones live? And Ezekiel knew that no human power could bring life back to these bones. No, human power could not even connect the bones together with tendons and cover them with flesh and skin. How much less could human power actually bring life to these dry bones? And so Ezekiel simply answers, Lord God, you're the one who knows. Yes, it's in the Lord's hands. 
And remember who the Lord is. The Lord is the God of unchanging grace who freely makes his promises and faithfully keeps them. It was in his hands. And so how did he bring life to these dead bones? How did he raise up these dry bones? Well, he didn't do it with an outward show or display of might, like roaring fire, flashing lightning, or a fierce storm. And yet, he didn't do it entirely invisibly either by a mere act of his will without any outward means or or tools. Rather, he tells Ezekiel to prophesy to the bones. That's how the Lord used, or that's what the Lord used as, as a tool, you might say, as a means, by telling Ezekiel to prophesy. And what does that mean in, in the text here? What does that mean to prophesy? Well, what a word means is indicated by the way it's used, its context. And as we look at the context here, it's clear that prophesy doesn't mean fortune-telling or cryptic riddles that can be interpreted many different ways or some sort of ecstatic trance. Rather, the text itself makes it very clear. The Lord himself explains what he means. He, just take a look. It says, prophesy to these bones, and then he explains what that is, say to them. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. To prophesy is to speak the Lord's word. Through the word, the Lord raises up dry bones. His word brings life. Now why? Why does the word of the Lord bring life? Because the word brings the life-giving spirit, the Holy Spirit. And this, too, is, is pictured in that vision, but it, it's harder for us to see when uh, we hear it in English because the picture here is almost a play on the Hebrew words. In English, we got the word breath, and we got the word wind, and we got the word spirit, and we can use it with a lowercase s to mean our spirit or uppercase s to mean the Holy Spirit. But in Hebrew, those are all the same word, ruach. And it's the context that helps us know which one way to translate into English. And yet, there's that implication in the original Hebrew that there's a picture here. That even as it's talking about breath in the picture, that's hinting that we're talking about the Holy Spirit. Because it's the same word, ruach, either way in Hebrew. Now keep that in mind, breath, wind, spirit, as you listen to a portion of the text again. Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Come, breath, from the four winds, and breathe into these slain that they may live. Then later, when the vision is explained, I will put my spirit in you, and you will live. And this connection between breath, wind, and spirit isn't just here in Ezekiel 37. We see it elsewhere in Scripture, too. Think of that night, that first Easter night, when Jesus came to his disciples and appeared to them behind locked doors. John tells us that Jesus breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. See the connection. Breath, spirit. 
Or think of what you heard in the second lesson today from Acts chapter 2, that day of Pentecost. What outward visible sign or audible sign did the Holy Spirit use to indicate his special presence? The sound of a rushing wind. And if you think about it, even though in English we don't have that verbal connection between breath, wind, and spirit yet, if you think about it, there is, there is a, a, a connection in meaning to a certain degree. How do you tell if a person is alive? Well, are they still breathing or not, we say? Breath has to be connected to life. And the Holy Spirit is the one who brings us spiritual life. And even as we, we speak, we are breathing in and out. Breath and words are connected as well. And so we see there is a vivid picture here. The Lord's word raises dry bones because his word brings the life-giving spirit. It brings us spiritual breath. Now, what does this all mean for us today? How do we apply the, this ancient vision to ourselves? Well, we don't really have to dig too far into the text in order to find out what the Lord wants us to do. It's very clear, very simple words. He wants us to do the same thing he told the dry bones to do. Hear the word of the Lord. Yes, dear friends, keep on hearing the Lord's word. For his word is living and active. His word accomplishes the purpose for which he sends us. His word is life. For his word brings the life-giving spirit. His word brings the Holy Spirit. Through the word, the Holy Spirit made you alive. He raised you from that spiritual death so that you are no longer dry bones. And through the word, he continues to keep you alive. The word that comes to us through the scriptures and through the sacraments, the Holy Spirit is actively at work giving and preserving your spiritual life. So hear the word of the Lord. Keep on hearing it. For through that word, the Holy Spirit opens your hearts and minds to know the Lord. Not just to know about him, but to know him. To know the Lord. To know him as the Lord. The God of unchanging grace who freely makes his promises and, and faithfully keeps them. To know the Lord as your own Savior God. To know the Lord as the one who has redeemed you to be his very own people, redeemed you with the blood of the Son, Jesus Christ. Hear the word of the Lord and keep on hearing it so that you know the Lord better and better. For through the word, the life-giving spirit keeps us alive, keeps us close to our God, to our Lord, Yes, the Lord himself says, then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord and know the Lord, the God of unchanging grace who freely keeps his, makes his promises and faithfully keeps them. The one who has raised your dry bones and given you life because his word brings you the life-giving spirit, the Holy Spirit. And what's more, that word has made you into a vast army. Which brings us to the second part here. Those dry, dead bones that filled the valley, they became a vast 
mighty army. Not some sort of skeleton army you might see in a fantasy film or a horror movie, but an army of living human beings, flesh and blood. But dear friends, we don't always feel like a vast, mighty army, do we? Troubles, fears, and hardships harass our supply lines. Spiritual laziness, indifference, and uh, mindless routine can lull our guard to sleep. How easily I give ground to my sinful desires, showing just how powerful the traitor that lives in me actually is. The worries and cares of life can make us wonder whether the battle is really worth it. God can seem like a general who's far off, just moving us around like pawns. Yes, doubts grow and hope fades. In Ezekiel's day, God's people, Israel, struggled with those feelings as well. Ezekiel lived around 600 B.C., and it was a difficult time for the people of Judah. Some of them had been taken into exile by Babylon. And the Lord called Ezekiel to be a prophet for those who were in exile. Now initially, they, they thought that they would get back to Jerusalem very soon, that there would be a speedy return because they were God's people. How could he let them be in exile for any length of time? And so a lot of Ezekiel's ministry was re telling them that, no, things are actually going to get worse before they get better. You'll be in exile for 70 years. And they didn't believe that message until until Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came back to Jerusalem and destroyed the city and leveled the temple. And then they went from a false hope to no hope at all. And that's why we, we say, hear them saying, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. But now through the prophet, through Ezekiel, the Lord wants to draw them to hear the word of the Lord and hold on to the Lord's promises, not to their wishful thinking, but to his promises. That even though now they feel like dead, dry bones, yet he would raise them up. And after 70 years, we see the Lord fulfilling his promise. He shows them that he does not make empty promises. He speaks and he acts, for he is the Lord, the God of unchanging grace. As he says here, then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. After those 70 years of exile, he did indeed bring a remnant back and they rebuilt the temple. And through them, the Savior came about 500 years later. But that remnant didn't look like a vast army. You see that this return was a, a partial fulfillment of the promise. It was sort of a, you might say, a down payment. The Lord wanted them to see that, yes, I will keep my promises, but he had an even greater way of keeping this promise. Even as he brought back that remnant after 70 years, he had in mind a much greater way to fulfill these words, to fulfill this vision. And we see that greater fulfillment beginning on that day of Pentecost. As Peter preached the good news of Jesus Christ, the Lord began raising a vast army as he brought those people into the holy Christian church. Peter preached the good news of Jesus Christ and 3,000 believed and were baptized that day. The vast army was beginning. 
And as that gospel spread, it not only brought in Jews, but also Gentiles, our ancestors. The army continued to grow. And it did not stop at that end of that first generation, but continued on down through the centuries, down to you and to me today. The Lord has brought you, dear Christians, into his church, into his vast army, for he has brought us to faith in Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Know that the Lord is faithful. He keeps his promises. He has raised up a vast army. A vast army from us who were once dead, dry bones. And yet, as I said earlier, we, we don't always feel like a vast army, do we? When, when those doubts, when that hopelessness infiltrates your heart, when you feel cut off from God's people, exiled, when the church looks like a little flock, helpless and harassed on every side, look ahead. Look ahead to what the Lord still has promised is to come. For he still is fulfilling this promise. Yes, hear the word of the Lord and look ahead to that time when he will open the graves. Look ahead to the return of your King, Jesus Christ, when he comes with his holy angels. Look ahead to when all of God's people, from every race, tribe, language, and nation, from every time and place, from every century, look to that time when all of God's people will stand in glorious array before the throne of the Lamb and praise him and worship him for all eternity. What a vast army you belong to through faith in Jesus Christ. So keep on hearing the word of the Lord. What a vast army you belong to. What a miracle that faith is. What a miracle your faith is. Faith that looks to Jesus Christ and holds on to his word of promise. For that miracle has been worked in you by the word of the Lord. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.